Alright, and welcome to another episode of The Simpsons Did It. I am your host, Stephen Skolansky. And I'm your co-host, Robert Skolansky. Well, we have a very spooky episode of The Simpsons coming up. Don't worry, I will precede it with a warning, <laughs> because we don't want to scare off any of our audience. Nope. Um, but but first, um, I do like to say it's kind of odd that uh, we just hit this one almost on the mark, recording um in september and this one will go live in about three weeks so we're actually very close to halloween i didn't we didn't plan it like that but it's kind of nice to have a halloween episode very close to halloween Uh, this one actually Um, aired a week before halloween which normally the simpsons try to air their halloween episodes as close to halloween as you can get can't air a halloween episode in christmas no uh and today we have a super special guest um yeah so we have a guy who, for those of you that follow uh, Kevin Smith, is the co-host for the show Education. He was also a writer on The Tonight Show with Jay Leno. He helped create Rocket Power um, in the 90s on Nickelodeon. And he was also a writer on The White Chicks, for those of you that uh, lived with uh, lived through the Keenan Wayne's uh, era in the '90s, might remember that movie, oh, yeah. The White Chicks. Um, it's just White Chicks. Oh, it's oh just, sorry, it's sorry. Something sorry. Something you got some against the movie. Let's just move on. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. And without further ado, let's welcome Andy McElfrish to The Simpsons Did It. Uh, thank you for joining us today, uh, Andy. Thank you for having me. I'm very uh, happy to be here. So very first question, I just want to ask, when did you jump into The Simpsons? Was it right away, 1990, or were you kind of had to kind of get into it? To... I jumped in right away because I was a big fan of the Tracy Ullman show. And the uh, okay. as you know, the the shorts that were on the Tracy Ullman show were, and I was also a Matt Groening fan, you know, Life in Hell was one of my favorite cartoons, you know, comics, comic uh, strips. And... Uh, they developed it for into a series, and it was great. It was the first season actually um, was animated at the studio was uh, Klasky Chupo, where they did where we did Rocket Power. Oh, nice! Oh, that's really cool. Yeah, and then uh, because of personality issues, is as far as I'll go with the, <laughs> the discussion. James L. Brooks took the show to film Roman and for the second season, and then they were there okay. forever. So the first season, that's why it looks different and weird. Oh. But they really did kind of, because Klasky did all the ones for the Tracy Ullman show, and they defined, the characters are all yellow. Yeah. Uh, there's just a lot of things in the show that were, you know, could never be different and were, you know, thanks to Klasky Chupo. But, you know, the show just became, the animation became much more traditional and better yeah. after that. <laughs> to be honest. Yeah, I mean kind of our talk through the entire first season was kind of going over all the animation changes that kind of went from season one. And now that we're starting season two, we're kind of mentioning all the things that have changed in season two. Like the biggest one we noticed during the opening uh, credits is the school's blue in the opening credits. And then now it's yellow at the start of season two. Yeah, it was a, it was a little wilder, you know, the people that all the designers like Laszlo, Lackets, who designed the characters and um, a lot of the backgrounds and did the coloring, he, he, they're all from Hungary and they have a very sort of Eastern European tradition of, like, if you look at Rocket Power, those kids look like heroin addicts. Like, they look <laughs> weird. Yeah. But 
that's the style that they've kind of rose to the ranks. And there's, I mean, we had, you know, on a show like this, on Rocket Power, we had maybe uh, 120 board artists working on the show full time in the US. Wow. And then in Korea, they had twice or three times as many uh, animators taking the boards and um, turning them into show. So the most of the people working for at our place were uh, from Eastern European uh, tradition stuff. So interesting. Gotcha. Now I know um, you worked on with Leno, obviously in the later nineties and obviously, and Conan O'Brien was one of the original writers for the Simpsons. Yeah. Did, did you guys end up crossing paths at all or being asked to help write on the Simpsons just because I know Conan and Leno were kind of all in the same area in New York at that time. Well, no, let me disabuse you of a few things in that statement. It was, uh, <laughs> oh. Leno went from the nineties all the way through 2014. That's and, right. Yo. Uh, Conan was, um, based in New York, but Leno is in Los Angeles. So, oh, that's right. Leno was never in New York, was he? No, because he owns a lot of cars and no. he likes to drive them. And so yeah. there's only about three or four days where you have to drive the rain car. And by the way, his rain car is really nice. Um, <laughs> but Conan was not a friend of our show. He was he always oh, wanted he always wanted the Tonight Show, and he felt sort of ripped off by doing the show after the Tonight Show. So through a lot of uh, shenanigans and uh, uh, back office play and powerful agents being involved. Uh, he ended up getting NBC to promise him the show. So Leno had to announce his retirement five years before it happened. Oh. And they told him, you can't retire because we don't know if Conan's going to be able to make it as a Tonight Show host. And sure enough, after a few months, they canceled Conan and they brought us back to Late Night. Yep. So, yeah, no, there was no... Although I did, you know, I worked in New York when uh, when The Simpsons was first on. And so I worked uh, around the corner from, um, I worked up in Columbus Circle for Zagat Survey, which is a restaurant guide company. And uh, so the David Letterman show was uh, just around the corner, uh, you know, maybe okay. eight blocks away. And two Letterman writers wrote, they wrote the Flaming Mo episode. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. And then they wrote uh, the soup nazi episode for uh seinfeld seinfeld and the soup nazi was an actual place that was directly between where i was and uh the you know uh, letterman's offices so That's yeah there's cool. i mean those uh, late night writers tend to like branch out and do other things and certainly um some of the best episodes were from like outside teams that ended up breaking in with great great episodes gotcha i'm guessing you have you never got the opportunity to Help write one? No, I'm mean, asked to write one. We, we did not. But I did. Uh, the first movie script I sold was to Matt Groening's company. It was called uh, 10,000 Miles High, and it was about a a girl that has to go to high school on a space station. <laughs> that, that, that sounds, that sounds uh, familiar to me. Well, we never made it, but a lot of the way that we, you know, his notes and rewriting the movie was very Futurama. And then oh, okay. Futurama came out and. I was, I was already was off the other things. <laughs> yeah. All right. So like I mentioned on the top, let's kick it off with a bit of a warning. So this is Marge's warning from the, the episode. So she's like, hello, everyone. You know, Halloween is a very strange holiday. Personally, I don't understand it. Kids worshiping ghosts, pretending to be devils, things on TV that are completely inappropriate for younger viewers. Things like the following half hour. 
Nothing seems to bother my kids, but tonight's show, which I totally wash my hands of, is really scary. So if you have sensitive children, maybe you should uh, tuck them into bed early tonight instead of writing us angry letters tomorrow. Thank you for your attention. So, well, you know what that I is? Mean, it's uh, it's staged and lit the way that uh, the original Frankenstein movie starts. Oh, cool. Uh, oh. A producer walks out on a stage with a curtain behind him and says, ladies and gentlemen, he's very theatrical and he basically warns you that we're about to see the classic horror book brought to life. And, you know, for those of you who may be uh, nervous of uh, demeanor, I warn you. <laughs> that sort of thing. Yeah. That's pretty cool. I mean, it's as we talk throughout the show, it's really fun to find out what was used in the very first Simpson episode. And it's kind of odd to think that, you know, obviously this came out in 1990. Some of the things in it, you know, are from the 70s and 80s, which depending on the age of kids watching this episode might or might not get all of the references. And so it's kind of fun for our viewers to kind of get where all that is is coming from. I, I mean, I can't remember anything in the 90s really coming with a warning. No. Obviously, not, obviously, now it seems like everything on TV yeah. has a warning before it. Language, yeah, violence. Directing the device. Yeah. I love how yeah. smoking is now one of them. It's like... Interesting. <laughs> it's just like murder, incest, guns, smoking. smoking. It's like, I, I know it's bad, but... So- so I know in Marge's warning, she says, oh, don't write us any angry letters. So Andy, as a writer, have you ever received any angry letters from viewers? Uh, yes. Okay. Uh, were they, were the, they bad? Were they like, do they threaten you at all? Or? It was mostly at the Tonight Show because we had an older audience and those people okay. still wrote letters. And you could see the shape in handwriting. <laughs> and it was actually from... The very first uh, one I got was from the very first Kevin Smith appearance on the Tonight Show that I did. Oh, cool! Um, we went. Uh, we went. Uh, the idea there was, you know, I met Kevin right after two thousand one, after September eleventh. So people weren't flying; oh, okay. they were driving everywhere, and we decided gotcha. to do go around and visit all of the cheesy roadside attractions. And the cheesier, the better. Like we had the opportunity <laughs> to go to the world's largest ball of twine. But we took the <laughs> second largest ball of twine instead. Oh. So he goes, he does the show. He he does. It's a he's it, we, he gets a huge rating. Everyone's like, okay, we've struck gold here with the with the Kevin Smith, and yeah. like he's all excited. He took his family to Disneyland the next day. First time he'd ever been recognized oh, in wow. like a public place like that, where it wasn't you know people didn't know he was going to be there. Yeah. And then three days later, Jay's like calls me in his office. and goes. Yeah, we got to stop doing those Kevin Smith things. I was like, what? what? <laughs> he holds up a letter. It's this angry letter from like a 9,000-year-old woman. She's like, I've never been so... I couldn't sleep the entire night what? after seeing that rude young man. <clears throat> I was like, Jay, I mean, we went plus... Like, we added two and a half million viewers wow. to the second segment. And this is one viewer writing in. And he's like... We can't do this well, anymore. Total, I was thinking we had he had like eight point eight million viewers watch, and uh, Jay's like, "All right, I'll let it go this time." <laughs> yeah, right. That's crazy. That's, I mean, I mean, for I don't. Maybe did she recognize him from Clerks? I mean, his vulgar language and everything, or she just. <laughs> I don't. I guess her, it's kind of crazy. Thing, like, we visited the world's tiniest church, 
Okay. Which is oh. just a, it's like a dollhouse church, but it's in the middle of a lake. Okay. And so the guy that owns it, we Kevin went out there and we couldn't get the crew or stand anywhere around it. So we shot it uh, long distance and I just kept firing jokes into him from uh, over the earpiece. Some of the jokes that were the funniest were a little, they weren't very churchy. Oh, <laughs> ah, so. gotcha. All right. Well, I'm guessing she was not a dogma fan. <laughs> yeah, that was the last line you did in the, in the bit. He says to the guy, have you ever seen dogma? And the guy goes, no. And he goes, it's probably for the best. <laughs> All right. So obviously this episode, no couch gag, but we do head into a cemetery. Um, and so the tombstones, a few of them are that are there. Ishmael Simpson, Ezekiel Simpson, Cornelius V Simpson, and then Garfield, which I don't know if Garfield was uh, necessarily oh, you don't know the, dead. You don't know the Garfield is dead thing. No, I don't. Oh my God. Probably when they wrote this, because it was about a year before the episode aired, they just, <laughs> two weeks of Garfield was like, he wakes up and he's in a house. He's in the same house, but it's 40 years later and no one's there. Oh. And he goes around and has to ponder his existential uh, crisis and his loneliness. And it's the thing he can't stand. It's like terrifying. Yeah, look it up. There, you'll find it on the internet. It's okay. totally and weird. And is that the comic strip, or was that? It was the TV? comic strip. It wasn't anybody oh, making fun oh. or anything. It was just in the comic strip. I guess what's his name, uh, John Arbuckle, or is that yeah. the name of the guy in it? No, yeah. that's the the owner of yeah. Garfield. Well, the guy who draws it, uh, yeah. I can't remember his name offhand. Must have been going through some crazy shit. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's funny. All right, the next one is Casper the Friendly Boy, because obviously he's not dead yet. No, no, no he, um, he wasn't dead. Now he is dead. He, he's, there's a tombstone there. Yeah. Yes. Well, now he's dead, but they wrote Friendly Boy, I'm assuming, because... It's Casper the Friendly Boy. When he was alive, he was just a friendly yes. boy. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Elvis, which we will not discuss if he is or is not <laughs> yeah. dead. Yeah. Okay, he's dead. Yeah. Uh, your Name Here, which I think is kind of a funny thing and then paul mccartney and that's a play on the paul is dead legend yes yeah yep. disco and, and disco disco's dead. disco yes. will never die <laughs> no i don't right. Sorry, I didn't know who i was dealing with on this podcast but <laughs> <laughs> all right so um the setup of the episode is bart and lisa are telling each other scary stories in the treehouse as homer eavesdrops outside and we'll discuss how scary each of these really are as we complete them. One point that I did want to note inside the treehouse, the skeleton in there has four fingers, just like the, the Simpsons. Simpsons does. Yeah. One of those like hanging skeleton cutouts. Yeah. You know, I, I, I do love that. That's a theme. And, and early on, we talked about an episode where they mention, um, or Jimbo talks about having a five finger discount yeah, and where they only have four fingers. And we didn't know if that was a slip of the tongue from the voice actor, or if that was actually written into the, the script itself. I don't know how hardcore but, they get with it. I mean, you know, according to like uh, psychologists think that the reason base 10 is how we communicate with numbers. Yeah. Um, the Simpsons would then be in base eight and there's no mention of them. Uh, using base eight <laughs> maybe well, that's a little nerd, too nerdy for uh, even uh, this podcast yeah i know this is a yeah. little this is a little early for like our podcast but the only character in the simpsons universe that actually has five fingers is god oh wow yeah well I, I that's amazing yeah so so he did so not create god. the simpsons in his image is what you're saying no no he did not or that, that it, a... it or whatever god is 
Yes. Yes. So, all right. So first up, we got uh, Bad Dream House. Oh, wait, before um, we jump in, though, oh. Lisa tells a scary story. She does. <clears throat> all right. And she is actually doing the plot from a movie, which is When a Stranger Calls. Uh, oh, okay. Which was remade about six years ago, I think, but it's from the 60s or 70s, I think. And it's just something that, like, my generation knows, like, he's calling from inside the house. the house. And Bart's like, that's not scary. <laughs> but apparently he hasn't seen Scream or, I guess, any of the early movies either. No. But yeah, you're right. Yeah, I mean, I, I do think it's funny that Lisa knows. I mean, she's the smart kid in the family, so it's it's kind of funny that she's you know, in tune with, uh, you know, older horror stories. Yeah. I mean, you know, the way she tells it, it's like she's on a sleepover, but yeah. 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 (laughs) (laughs) All right. So we kick off with Bad Dream House. Um, So there are a lot of movie references that we'll go over in here. Obviously, I kind of want to know why the Simpsons decided to move from their their house into a... Well, Homer says they got a really good deal on this house because it was haunted, but he wasn't told that it was, you know put on a burial Indian ground and it's funny because he calls up the uh the realtor later in the episode and he's like but I, the realtor's like he told him five to six times and homer's just like i'm <laughs> yeah. not taking any of it well he calls him angrily which is yeah. he's doing his uh what's his name craig t nelson from uh poltergeist when yeah. he talks to the he talks to his boss and he's like you moved the headstones but you didn't move the bodies did you <laughs> did you <laughs> Yep, and that's and that's kind of that scene where they open up the basement door, the cellar door, and they see the tombstone so, down there. Yeah. I do like how it's still all dirt and everything. Like, the house was literally just built around, around it. Yeah. yeah, I don't know if those... We'll get to those gags when, they, when we get to them, but, you know, the first thing that they hear... Like, they walk right in. Well, I'm going to step back one second and say, why would they move out of their house? Yeah, because yeah. it's a because it's an animated show, and they wanted to do an episode about being in a haunted house. And and also say that the Halloween episodes are non-canonical. So I mean, yes, they're, they're they, jumping they, out they, of reality here. Yeah. If reality does in fact exist in the world of The Simpsons, which I don't know so, about that. Um, All right, so let's go for the movie references. The first thing that happens is the house is like Harry Shearer is like get out. So what? Yeah, that, yeah. That's a reference to the Amityville Horror. I actually have yeah. never seen the Amityville Horror, so yeah, I've seen both versions, and I mean the Ryan Reynolds one isn't awful, but the original you really can't take away from the the original. Yeah, the original is was a huge hit. It doesn't hold up super well. Um, okay. And you know, these are people. This is the this is really the movie where like working with Keenan and all the writers on those movies they're like man white people are so stupid why i mean why do they go up and pet wild animals and why do they stay in houses that have axe murderers and ghosts in them yeah you just leave you leave you go over to your aunts but then but then you don't have a movie right yeah well i guess i mean i mean do you believe in the amityville house like all the you know all the stories that have come out of out of the house is that something that actually has any bearing to it well i think that when they moved in i think they tented the house for termites they killed all the rats in the basement afterwards all the flies came so there's the fly infestation and then i think that they were nutty they were nuts they believe they're just crazy so but yeah i do like how the house does talk to them as 
you know, get out, you know, you will die, you will die slowly, <laughs> your stomach will swell, your intestines will rise and boil. Like, it's just a really, I mean, just graphic, violent, like, like, yeah, no, just it's, yeah. the house, the house to, has to be very specific with them because it really only takes get out for people to leave. Yeah. The Simpsons are so stupid and, and Homer is so, you know, persistent that he has to like really try to get creative with those, uh, yeah. <laughs> those threats. I should tell you though, yeah, but, at this point I have been, uh, do you know who Tom Green is? He's a comedian. Oh. Oh yeah. Yeah. oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Tom, I I went out with Tom on for the Tonight Show on like fifty or sixty pieces, and he was fascinated with things like UFOs and ghosts. Okay. So I was like, yeah, let's get the ghost hunters people to rig a house, like a real haunted house for us, and we'll go see if it's haunted. <laughs> and we did it twice, twenty four hours in a haunted house, and they're not haunted. I'm just sorry oh, to say, <laughs> they're not haunted. They like the yeah. At one point, we've got our you know we have our. Uh, the camera that you can see in the dark that's all green yeah and yep. we're, we have them set up all over the house and upstairs suddenly there's creaking and there's a the chandelier starts swinging over our heads and we're like Fuck yeah here we go yeah. and there's this like woman in black dressed in like a traditional spanish uh morning costume it's like walks right in front of the camera <laughs> i was like oh, holy <laughs> shit we did it like this has been 2,000 years people have been looking for ghosts and we got one. And the owner of the house is like, actually, that's just uh, someone that works here. We try to, we <laughs> send her around. We send her around because, you know, we yeah. feel like that makes the ghost more comfortable. Oh, and I was like, swing the chandelier. And he's like, well, that's because the floorboards are a little loose and they make the chandelier swing when you walk upstairs. Uh, yep. Yeah. And I was yeah. like, this sucks. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously with the house, Homer, I, I, I do like Homer's like, it's a fixer upper. Yeah. What's the problem? We'll just get a bunch of priests in here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I mean, that seemed to make sense. I do like that, that Maggie, I don't know if that was a correlation, but Maggie, you know, in the middle of the night, she's sitting up in her crib and her head spins completely all the way around, like in the exorcist. Yeah. Yeah. I do like yeah. the fact that like, you know, in like a lot of the like newer horror stories, like paranormal activity, like they show the ghost just like moving furniture around at the very beginning when they're unpacking, Bart would like take a book out and the ghost would put it back in the box and Bart would take it out and like back and forth. And it's just like, really ghost? That's all you got? Yeah. Well, it's fine. It was a, that was a tee up for the uh, Lisa getting hit with the book though. Oh, that's true. Yes. That's, that is true. But she thought Bart threw it at her. Right, that was the whole thing. Is it's, yeah. it's so yeah. discord and unrest. That's true. That's a ghost doing its job right there. <laughs> so then we get the blood oozing on the wall, which is another uh, Amityville horror reference. It is. It's kind of. It, it's also kind of a shining. There's a little yeah. shining to yeah. it. Yeah. Which they. Which I. I don't know if they really. Well, obviously the. I think it's either two or three. That's when they go to the shining. Yeah. The shining. Or, yeah. Or shining. Mm -hmm. Um, then we got, uh, the butcher knife. I do like how Lisa has a butcher knife already in her, sure. her bedstand. Maybe the ghost I, I put know. it there. <laughs> yeah, no, I think, I mean, you know, a good ghost plans ahead. Yes. They have a lot of free time. Yeah. So of course. Yeah. And then they all get into the room. They're all hunting around. That's another Amityville horror reference okay. where they're all mm -hmm. kind of 
marching around and Marge barges in says, why are you trying to scare or what was it? It's like the family has had differences and we've squabbled, but we've never had knife fights before. And I blame this house. I mean, so far through the first uh, 15 episodes. Yeah. They've never had knife fights. They've had a lot of different types of fights, but definitely no knife fights. You know, you skipped over a reference that I'm sure you didn't get, which was, Oh, okay. When they when Homer there's the vortex opens in the kitchen. Oh yeah, we did skip over oh, that. Right. And um, you know there's vortexes in a lot of scary movies. Yeah. Uh, and he throws the orange into it. The orange stops and goes bloop, bloop. and the, the vertical and horizontal lines, and then it disappears, which is yeah. how an old television used to turn off. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That was why they did, and it was not a great reference, but oh, I'm telling okay. you, it was there. <laughs> and that was like, was that Poltergeist, like the TV turning off? Uh, I guess or... it could be a Poltergeist reference. I don't know if it, yeah, maybe so. Yeah, I love the fact that like after he throws the orange in, uh, a paper note comes back saying, "Please don't throw your trash in our dimension." Yeah. So I think I think it was supposed to be kind of a Poltergeist uh, reference because if I remember correctly, in Poltergeist, there is another dimension. That the there is, into. and then her, and I think the other reference is when they're when uh, Bart and Maggie are Bart's being choked by the lamp cord, and Maggie's floating around, and all yeah. the things are spinning around. That was a very poltergeisty kids' yeah. room scene. Yep. So at the end, the Simpsons, you know, decide to give the house some space and and walk out, and the house implodes. And I found out that was a reference to the fall of the House of Usher. Never heard of it. And I—that's I, definitely I, a never movie I've never heard of or seen. No, I, so. I disagree. Fall of the House of Usher. The house splits in half, and then crumbles. Okay. The way this thing went is like the end of Poltergeist. Like their house oh, gets okay. gets pulled up into a ball and then disappears. And I know Family Guy kind of did the same reference in their Poltergeisty episode. So yeah, I, but I, the Simpsons did it first. True. Simpsons did it first. <laughs> yeah, they um, gotcha. you know the uh, Indian burial ground in the basement. Yeah, I don't know if so, they would do those jokes now. Probably not. Like, no. Crazy horse, not so crazy horse. Oh yeah, in, or Gandhi because he's an Indian. Get it? Like yeah. they were. Yeah. That was a. They were not as. Uh, yeah, I Smart definitely or as PC as I think we yeah. would be going for now. Oh yeah, I think if that you know, episode were to air today, they would catch a lot of flack for it, a lot. Which, which is kind of sad. I mean, I know obviously the world we live in now is completely different from the early '90s, but it just seems so sad that we're almost censoring ourselves. Yeah, <laughs> to do jokes like this. Yeah, but it's but, the time we're living. I mean, it's been yeah. a challenge for. I mean, I'm a comedy writer. <laughs> yeah. Every day we have to come up with stuff that's smarter and is not offensive, which is yep. pretty hard for comedy these days. Well, uh, well right. by the way, so, so, when, yes, when yep. also there's another movie reference when Bart says, "Man, this place has everything." Yeah, you know what that's from? No, Blues Brothers. No. It's when they're having a car chase oh. through the mall. Okay. Oh, and they're like, yeah. hey, there's oh. a the fitness center. Hey, this place has everything. everything. Okay, nice. Man, they. Boy, they packed a lot of movie references into one episode. episode. Yeah. All right. Psycho so house. before we it's a psycho yeah. house, it looks like the psycho house. Okay. It does, and there's a moat, but there is a moat around the around it. Well, it's a nice psycho house, so it's got. <laughs> yes. <laughs> got to keep, got to keep the uh, the ghosts in and the riffraff out. Yep. That's right. All right. So a couple other fun things that I noticed inside the episode is uh, Maggie's pajamas change color from blue to gray to pink during the story. Oh. 
So don't know if that was a. Uh, well, they're weird. You know, they're do, uh, they do that camera effect. They're trying to parody uh, the effect that when they're like when the house is talking, like everything goes black and white and then weird uh, colors and then back. Gotcha. So maybe that was part of that motif. Gotcha. Oh, gotcha. And then as you as you mentioned on earlier in the in the episode, the bunny doll that's beside the box that Bart unpacks appears to be uh, the life in hell character, Binky the rabbit. Yeah. Oh. So that was kind of thrown into the uh, the mix as well. A little nod to Matt Groening's earlier mm-hmm. earlier work. Those animators get bored, let me tell you. <laughs> Rocket Power episode three. The kids are in a skate competition in at Skate Town. And it's very intense. And we watched the boards. We watched the animatic. We watched the full color come back. We watched the edited. Everything. We're, we're just focused on the action. Yeah. It's on air for about a year. And people are like, hey, did you notice that in the background, a spaceship comes down and kidnaps a whale <laughs> from the ocean? <laughs> that's great. Oh, that's great. See, those are the funny things now that people look at. And, and watch TV shows for so you find out literally the next day, like the coffee cup in, in uh, Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. People are watching more intently nowadays oh, for yeah. the stupid things than they probably did back then. All right. Also, the so t- next... TVs are better, too. Oh, yes. Yeah. They... <laughs> TVs are much better to see the backgrounds. All right. So the next story on the docket is Hungry Are the Damned. And I was wondering if that was more Village of the Damned or if that just was the name they came up with for the story because there was really nothing village of the damned no referenced in it yeah so i'm guessing that was more just uh what they came up for the name so backyard homer's uh yeah firing the up show, the, grill. the episode's a parody of the twilight zone episode to serve man yeah i did read yep. about that yeah yeah it's fantastic you have to see it okay yeah i've only seen a couple uh the original twilight um twilight zones like the the um Terror at was it forty thousand feet? Mm, twenty thousand feet. Yeah, twenty thousand feet. Back then. <laughs> yes, thirty thousand feet. Um, so uh, episode over. So you haven't watched with... a lot of Twilight Zone. I've not a lot. I, of I, I think I've seen. You have wasted your life. <laughs> <laughs> Up to this point, it's like you got nothing to say. You got to watch the Twilight Zone. All, All right. right. I mean, it's. I I do. I I mean, I catch so many twilight zone references yeah you know in in media that i you know i guess need to watch it but it's that's the only reason i watched game of thrones is because i didn't watch it through the first four seasons but there were way too many game of thrones references going out there i'm like okay you know what i've had enough i gotta watch game of thrones because i've still yet to watch a single episode of game of thrones (laughs) and i refuse to watch a single episode of game of thrones okay this is all (laughs) you guys are painting a picture i'm not sure you want to show the world (laughs) oh Oh, okay (laughs) <laughs> Game of Thrones um, is awesome. Twilight Zone. Oh no, it is. No, it, it's, I, it's I, not I my. Cu- it's not my cup of tea of a TV show. It's, it's yeah, but you live in the world. If you're going to use the same <laughs> oxygen as the rest of us, you have to watch Game of Thrones. <laughs> uh, All right. So Homer Simpson outside, getting ready to fire up the grill. Um, we got the bug zapper. Fly flies into it, screams out, just like in the movie The Fly, which is a I'm great gonna, movie. <laughs> and then he comes over with a shoe. The dude has been like, "Man, this is all this shit is crazy." And he yeah. takes his shoe off and he kills the half fly, half man. Yeah, I do like that. And then so Homer uses an entire, uh, assu- assuming he's using almost an entire can of lighter, lighter fluid to 
blow up his grill. grill. I would say blow up his grill. Yeah, and we get the obviously the nuclear explosion from it. Is that even relatively possible? I guess I've never tried it. No, I didn't. But think so. no, yeah, it only only the vapor goes off. I mean, you can get a big fireball, but nothing like in the show. Yeah. But also, that is a rep in in another Simpsons episode. He goes to the backyard and he's like, <laughs> and he's just filling, and he lights it, and nothing happens. It just lights up normally. Oh. So be on the lookout for that one. All right. All right. Well, we're going to keep that in. We'll put it. We, we talk about putting pins in things throughout all the episodes. We're going to put a pin in that one and we're going to keep an eye out for that for the future episode. Very good. Um, so aliens spaceships fly in and uh, they pick up the Simpsons using a tractor beam and have listening to several education episodes. Um, I, I've learned over the course that we're nowhere near, you know, full tractor beams tractor beams no but we it definitely Um, exists i don't know if you've ever seen uh rocket power but in rocket power a spaceship comes down and kidnaps a whale yeah so yes they exist (laughs) they they exist in cartoons now now i do wonder if like the pneumatic tubes like at at banks now obviously we saw that in futurama where they're using pneumatic tubes Mm -hmm. for people i almost wonder if that's more plausible than tractor beams um Without sucking you, you know. Without killing you? Yeah. Well, I think the first use of a tube to suck people and move them around was one of the episodes in the movie Heavy Metal, which is one of Matt Groening's faves, and he references a lot of stuff from that all the time. So I think that's why Futurama has the tubes. Gotcha. Yep, and I do like how it takes two tractor beams to lift Homer, because... He's a big guy. (laughs) He's a big guy, but I feel like a tractor beam is meant to move weight no matter how big it is how heavy it is so that obviously- that is where your credulity breaks down yeah that's where you draw the line in terms of what you can believe <laughs> yes okay <laughs> so you're like uh, come on that uh, tractor so- would be able to pick them up <laughs> yeah i think i pers- personally i think so and so we get our first oh. appearance. Uh, they they board the ship, and we get our first appearance of I think two of my favorite characters in all of Simpsons is uh, Kang and Kodos. Mm-hmm. I I love Kang and Kodos. I love any episode they're in. They're always good. They're always a great button. Yeah, at the end where they yep. look down, always drooling. Yep. I feel like that's a reference to something like an animal that actually like survives off a of drool, but I could be completely wrong. I mean, there's like slimy things that emit a lot of slime, but okay. But they have good teeth. I've learned from my dentist that the more saliva you have, the less cavities you have because the saliva is meant to clean all the bacteria mm-hmm. and stuff out of your mouth. Oh. So they don't have I any cavities. <laughs> I can think to say that these aliens have very good uh, oral hygiene. Oral dentifrice. Um, Yes, I, I guess so. I mean, it could also be a reference to, you know, a lot of people believe, in fact, there was a study that we talk about in the most recent edumacation mm. where people, they did a peer-reviewed um, study where they believe that octopus, octopi, and squids may have been, may have been alien uh, eggs that were mm. frozen in space and landed on Earth and grew here because they're so different than anything else on Earth. They're so distant from almost everything else. Uh, yeah. DNA. So, yeah. I mean, no, I mean, nothing else inks. And then I know a lot of, isn't like a lot of their DNA 
can be used for like some treatments like i mean dude they have like there's this few species of octopus that they when they want to mate they get near a female and then they just will one of their arms to break off and oh. <laughs> it's full of sperm and it swims over impregnates and goes it enters the female and stays in her for her entire life and continues oh. to impregnate her wow that's okay oh my god that sounds so, yeah, pretty I'm alien gonna, that's yeah cool. i'm gonna vote alien on that yeah, one. i'm hoping it's alien yeah Right. All right. So we got dinner time. They pull up the tray and there's all of, it seems like everyone's favorite dish. Mm-hmm. Like they flipped it up. Everyone's favorite dish. Homer has his pork chops um, with applesauce. I mean, that's without applesauce. Have, he has or without apple, he needs apple for it. Yep. And the aliens say, take all you want, but eat all you take, which. That's a sign of being like, in a thousand all you can eat buffets. Yeah. <laughs> But like, I mean, it's true. Like, I mean, as Americans, we waste a ton of food every year. And so, you know, they're like, don't waste any food. Eat everything you take. We don't want any waste. You got to eat it all. Just the first clue that they're sensible aliens. Yep. Yes. And and the Simpsons don't get it. So then <laughs> they, they kind of go over, you know, what they're experiencing. We're going to give you sensations and, you know, life that you've never experienced before on Earth. And then they pull down the giant television. Which I don't honestly know what the largest television back in the early 90s was. I mean, I can remember, you know, like two TVs that were, uh, I don't know, 50, 60 inches. But I don't know if anything was like, a you know, a full 110 inch full TV screen like they throw down on the spaceship. You're forgetting projection televisions. Oh, yeah. projection oh the rear in my college suite that was enormous. Was it? Because I mean, I had a I had a rear projection, but I know that was only like fifty inches. And I, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to honestly picture larger rear, even rear projection TVs. But I, for the life of me, I can't. Like the jumbotron. Jumbotrons have been around since the seventies. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, that is a TV. And uh, so we get to see itchy and scratchy in space, mm-hmm. um, but no HBO. It's too now, much money. <laughs> too much money. That would have cost yeah. extra. Yes. Yeah, but I wonder if aliens would be able to piggyback off our satellites, like our direct TV satellites that are well, in space. So Futurama, they have an episode where Fry conks out Fox, uh, which was airing like a season finale. And the Omicronians actually watched it, you know, years, like years away. So I, I mean, maybe, I, I don't know, Andy, if you, you know, anything well, about this? It off a satellite. Okay. Yeah, the satellites are there to bounce the signal back to us. Okay. The, they would get it from the transmission from Earth, but it would, you know, it, it's the inverse square law. As you get further and further away, it gets weaker uh, and weaker by to you know by a power of to to the power of two. So, um, you know, it'd be hard to get that signal. But I feel like if they can build a spaceship and fly all the way to Earth, they probably can figure out how to get cable. the signal. Yeah, yeah. All right. So then they bring out Pong, which <laughs> Bart and Lisa you know, make fun of like we, we developed international, uh, inner, uh, dimensional space travel. What did you guys do? Yeah. <laughs> and they get Pong, which that's a long that's, bit, by the way, yeah. for the Simpsons. Yeah. Usually it goes a little faster than that. Okay. But yeah, they, they're just like, go to hell. We've uh, one second. Let me turn this off. <laughs> All right. That's fine. Um, they're like, Hey, we, we built a spaceship, uh, and there's an awkward silence, which is very hard to do in a in a cartoon. Yep. 
And that that was just really funny. They're like, you know, and Bart didn't Bart like try to raise his hand and the uh, yeah, Marjorie pulled it down. All right, so then it, I do throughout the entire episode, it does obviously point to the aliens hinting at they're trying to eat the Simpsons. Then Lisa kind of gets her wits with all and walks into the kitchen and sees the cookbook. Yep. Um, for how to cook humans. Mm-hmm. So obviously the Rigelians did their research and knew who they were picking up. Yeah. Well, it's probably, it was convenient for them because as they said earlier in the episode, that they're from a very, a planet light years away, but their language is exactly the same as yours. <laughs> yes. Which I wonder if that could be more of a, you know, the United States shooting off the time capsule into space, aliens finding it and learning our language as opposed to knowing it or it being the exact same as art. I, I guess I don't know what the, I, the, odd I love of... that it inspires your imagination, but I think really what they're saying is <laughs> preposterous that aliens all speak the same language all the time on every show. Yes. Yeah. So like, how do they know English when like, I, I do and... love the fact that in Matt Groening's other show, Futurama, they did do the alienese stuff, which fans obviously were able to figure out, but. Yeah, but Star Wars has the universal translators in their ears, so not all aliens speak the same language. Yeah, Hitchhiker's Guide has the babblefish. Yeah. You know. they're in, by and large, when you're like, I mean, the Klingons, they they speak English. Yeah. And it's funny, it's like, they only speak English. They don't speak <laughs> all of the languages of our Earth, of which English is not the most common language. Chinese yeah. is. Yeah. You know, the, the different dialects in Chinese, like Mandarin. Okay. Yep. But no. So that's, I think that's, they're just poking fun. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So um, Lisa comes in with the cookbook and Kane comes in, blows off some dust. And it was, you know, how to cook 40 humans. Four humans. And then, and then 40 she humans. blows off the dust and says 40 humans. And then he blows yep. off this and says how to cook four 40 humans. So yep. they play that gag yeah. pretty far. <laughs> <laughs> it seems like this was the the largest you know stretching out gags of of a lot of the simpsons stuff that they've done and then homer is like listen you big stupid space creature nobody but nobody eats the simpsons (laughs) yeah (laughs) he drew a line in the sand right there yep yep nobody eats the simpsons and then they're like oh i can't believe you know uh Kodos is like make you eat we merely provided sustenance uh sumptuous banquet and frankly you people made pigs of yourselves <laughs> yeah so, but i, I know Mara, what's the preparer's name solak uh no sarah sarah played by uh james earl jones yeah he gets all butthurt about it He's like, <laughs> I slave I well i do love the fact that like they make fun of the simpsons for eating all that food but i know in some cultures like it's rude if there's food in front of you and you don't eat it all. Yeah. So, I mean, maybe the I Simpsons. Of Doom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but so maybe the Simpsons are like, oh, they're feeding us. We we have to eat this. No. Maybe, they're maybe. Or they're just pigs. Let's they're watch pigs. them eat. Listen yeah. to it. Yeah. Look at those actors <laughs> making eating sounds. It's disgusting. <laughs> all right. So then, King. Oh, go ahead. You go ahead. Oh, no. I was going to say, and King and Kodos obviously were so upset that they're going to deliver them back to Earth. I don't know how far to uh, Rigelian they actually were. I mean, that's hard uh, hard to make a U-turn and just turn around and come right back. Well, they are in a spaceship. Yeah. Of their own design, which is yes. a mystery to us. Yes. Well, and then they drop them off. 
they'll yep. get out. <laughs> they didn't. They don't use the tractor beam on the way down, though. No, they just they yeah. they walked out. Well, it's like at the beginning, like okay, we're gonna steal these humans, as opposed to when they come back. Okay, we're gonna land, let you walk off our gangplank, and back onto your planet. I mean, if I was that much of a jerk in space, I'd be like, drop them off in China and make them find their way back home. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I think if this recording gets out later in life, they're not gonna let you have a spaceship. No. No. <laughs> uh, no, but the the Twilight Zone episode this is based on is one of those classic, you know, it's like an O. Henry story where at the end the surprise is very ironic and mm. crazy. Yeah. Sort of like a, you know, Sixth Sense where <laughs> the Earth is, you know, there it's a few years in the future and, and the Earth is beginning to starve because the population is exploding. And these aliens come and everyone's scared at first, but they turn out to be super nice. And it's uh, the actor that plays Lurch from uh, the Adams family. He's got a big, enormous, fleshy head. And he's like, we're, we're here to help. You know, we, we want to take you and repopulate our planet in a paradise that, you know, they do the same speech. Yeah. Um, and they have this book to serve man. And so a linguist, oh, okay. the linguist who is sort of one of the first people to meet them, who does all the translating so we can understand them and does all the, He's translating the book the whole time. And right at the end, right as he's going to board the ship, he says, to serve man, it's a cookbook. It's a cookbook. <laughs> and uh, yeah. Oh, it's so great. Uh, but that's what this is. That's what they're parodying okay. here. Obviously, gotcha. the writers and James Brooks and all those guys are huge fans of all the sci-fi oh, stuff. Oh, Clearly. Yeah. All right. So just to finish off this segment, I did want to men make mention of one awesome, cool thing from the episode is so the angle of the shot that features Homer and Marge discussing the great feast that they were going to have when they went to Rigel seven, it makes them appear that their heads are on platters. Yeah, that's a great. Guy. Oh, I missed that. Yep. So it's, it's just the angle just shows that they're, you know, part of the feast that the, and they do, the whole, they do this, the gag that is part of this to serve man episode where they're like, can we go to the the feast? Yeah. Oh, you'll be there. You'll be the guests of honor. So why wouldn't they think they were going to be eaten? Yeah, exactly. I know. All right. So last but not least, we've, we I think we finished with the scariest of all three stories, exactly. The Raven, mm -hmm. um, which obviously everyone who's anyone should know that it is a, uh, a Edgar Allan Poe uh, poem. To be perfectly um, honest, I think this might be like top three favorite simpsons treehouse of horror episodes just because i love i love this episode we'll get into it um so homer as the narrator is reading forgotten lore volume two uh no james uh, earl jones is the narrator well no 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 homer is playing the narrator oh, yeah, 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 in the yeah. raven because it's his life correct yeah, narrator um and so i didn't know i mean obviously forgotten lore is what he's reading i just didn't know if volume two was just a joke it's just like a joke. it's okay. like a series of even more forgotten stuff like it's guess, yeah. yeah um and so i mean I, it's kind of funny reading reading the poem and you know i obviously read it in high school i read it in high school i'm too. sure I'm, I'm sure everyone did um but to have it narrated pretty much word for word from the poem just done through the simpsons eyes is really really good yeah. like it, it's fun it was just a was a fantastic uh thing so uh what was that where was i going oh so uh <laughs> our, the the raven slash bar drops books on homer's head um towards 
the end when he's chasing around the pit and the pendulum, the telltale heart and the purloin letter, all books by Poe. Mm-hmm. I thought that was kind of a cool feature of, of it. And then one other thing. So the very first um, Nevermore, Bart actually says, eat my shorts. Mm-hmm. Step <laughs> yeah. Instead of Nevermore. They had to step out of the narrative for one second. Oh yeah. Yes. Just to make it, you know, nice you know you you can't have it all Edgar Allan Poe that's rude yes (laughs) so you got you got uh Marge as the uh character Lenore who the narrator if I remember the poem correctly it was his wife that died yeah it's it's his lost love and she's died yeah and he's written there's a poet written a famous poem before to Lenore okay it was that was you know I mean Poe was a weird guy he was, yes, he was. He was very. He was. Uh, he married his thirteen-year-old cousin. <laughs> he died when he was thirty-two. He made such an enemy of another literary figure that his whole career was besmirched, and he was derided for many years after his death until people started to uh, understand that this was just the uh, you know fake news. It was just a campaign by this other guy to uh-huh. try to erase him from history because he was such a he was such a genius. Yeah, a nutty guy. <laughs> I feel like a lot of geniuses are kind of crazy. I mean, it's just so funny. Like even Lisa, before the story gets read, she's like, "I think I'm, uh, I'm about to read you a classic tale of terror by Edgar Allan Poe." And Bart's like, "That's a school book." book. <laughs> yeah. And like Lisa, Lisa's like, "Don't worry, Bart. You won't learn anything." <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I don't. I mean, I'm sure scholars have looked at this, thinking of ways to, you know, put it in into a perspective of a learning experience. But I think it's just craziness, like a guy high on whatever Edgar Allan Poe was smoking back then. Maybe laudanum, I would think at this point. Okay. Sort of a opiate of some kind. All right. So, um, and do you have any other facts about uh, the, this episode or. um, I mean, it's fun to see. And it's also, you know, they do, they play the, they do. It's like a very heavy action episode. It's like they made up for it being a poem reading by having the the chase and all that stuff and it's just i don't know i thought it was pretty like you could do this on another show and it would seem like worthy and i don't mean that as a compliment you know just like you're trying to be you're trying to be worthy you're trying to be artsy or in some way and the simpsons just totally made it a simpsons episode it was great oh yeah 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 it's it's just kind of funny to think about with all the parodies that have either ever been done or even stuff that's been remade i mean like the telltale head uh purloined letter like there's been aspects of that stuff in in actual movies mm-hmm. well, they, you know I mean, out there but it's vincent price it like- karloff and those guys in the 60s it, you know they made these very low budget horror movies they made all of the poe stories uh, yeah but it seems like the raven you just it, it it's good in a short like this for the Simpsons, oh, yeah. but it doesn't seem like it could be. Oh, they made, made a Raven feature and it was terrible. <laughs> oh, wrong. quite awful. But I think <laughs> so uh, someone did actually that, try to make it. I think one thing in the staging that they got wrong is that normally when you refer to a chamber door, you're referring to a bedroom. Uh, yeah. When he talks about tearing at the purple curtain, I think the purple curtain was the curtain around his bed. Because, you know, back in the day, you needed to keep warm and you had these, that's one way that you kept warm is you would, you know, have heavy curtains around your bed. Yeah. So that was one thing that was odd, but I think that they just really had to, you know, stage it in a set where they could do that kind of action. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. 
And it's and one other one last thing we'll mention about the episode some fun some, something fun you may have missed but the hands of the wisps of the smoke of that cradle Homer's head mm-hmm. have just four fingers and a thumb ah. or three fingers and a thumb just like in the, just that's like the Simpsons yeah so. that's great that is pretty good so they they really they really went gung ho on this four finger thing yeah they did yeah. so All right. I mean by so today, to close up, I would oh, say by oh, today's standards because obviously Lisa's like oh uh, terrifying tale. I, I don't really think the Raven's all that scary. It's a neat poem. Don't get me wrong. I, I don't really think it's all that scary. Now, maybe when Poe wrote it in the 1800s, maybe people were a lot less or a lot more scared by it. But well, think of like Robert Louis Stevenson had done Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. It's oh, more yeah. about somebody cracking up and losing their mind. That's a fear. Yeah. I think that they're that he explores in it. But you know, after it's over, Bart's like, "That wasn't scary." Yeah. So, but Homer I mean, is petrified. But it's fun. I yeah. mean, I think the yeah. point of their doing this—it's not like I think the point of these Treehouse of Horrors is not to scare anybody; is to no. make fun of scary movies. So it's, yeah. it's fun. I thought. Oh yeah, yeah. But I do like it's, it. It is kind of fun at the end where Homer is just completely petrified. Bart, Lisa, and Bart—you know. Not phased. Homer can't, has to sleep with the light on at the end of the episode. Yeah. He, yeah. He's like, Marge, no, don't turn it off. Homer, I'm not sleeping with the light on. <laughs> <laughs> so one final note for this episode, um, that the credits don't have the, oh, the sk- crazy name. The, the, so like, what is it? Matt uh, zombie graining or Matt bat graining. Like they, mm-hmm. during the credits of the ones now, and I, I, We'll find out once we do Shreya Sephora Part Two, but I, the first episode didn't have those jokey Halloween names that roll through the credits. Yeah, and it wasn't titled. It was not entitled Treehouse of Horror One. No, it just was like they. I think they did it as a trial balloon, and then when they hit their stride, they really beefed it up with a lot of other detail. Yeah, yeah, and I'm trying to want trying to figure out which season didn't have one because. This season 32 is just about to kick off, and it's uh, Trios of Horror uh, 31. Yeah, the first season didn't have it. This is season two. Yeah, this is season two. Oh, this is season... Wow. Yeah. Okay, I've been smoking too much Berserker. <laughs> you kids and your Berserker. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah there it's you go. always nice to see Brad Bird's name in the credits. You know, he developed the show with Brooks to okay. go from the, the shorts on um, Tracy Ullman to the the Simpsons full, you know, half hour shows. And you know who Brad Bird is. He did Iron Giant, The Incredibles. Okay, yeah. To uh, Mission Impossible. He's like a really talented, you know, live action and animated director. Just really, really smart. Awesome. And it's really like, I think, instrumental in making the show as smart and entertaining. And, you know, it's really hard to make a one thing that viewers really like having worked in the biz and knowing a lot of the research that comes back, they like to watch something and feel smart because they watch it. Yeah. And the Simpsons has that. If you get the reference or you get the joke, they're always, they're just a cut above. It's just that good. Yeah. Anytime I watch the Simpsons or anything and has a reference, I'm like, Oh, I get that. It's kind of like the uh, Captain America joke in uh, Avengers. He's like, Oh, I got that reference. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it's just fun to watch the Simpsons and 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 talk about it because everyone has in some point in their life just w- looks at something in their daily lives and be like and we're like, "Oh, the Simpsons did that." Or it's just someone says something that references maybe without even thinking about it. Just it's just off the cuff 
and someone says something like, oh, that's from The Simpsons. Like, it's just amazing to see how much, you know, of our culture has come from this show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And how much culture is in the show, as I mentioned before we started recording. You know, my generation, we all love the Warner Brothers cartoons and can do all the dialogue and everybody knows every reference in there. My kids can do most of it too, but not from having seen the Warner Brothers cartoons. They know it from seeing the Simpsons doing <laughs> the Warner Brothers cartoons. So yeah. Yeah. it's great. All right. Well, this has been amazingly fun. Yeah. So I just want to thank uh, Andy uh, McElfresh for jumping on today and okay. uh, talking through some things that we obviously yeah. didn't know about. Yep. Cause, but that's why we have experts on yes. for, like, I'm like no Kevin expert. Smith. Like, no, you're a professor. Not a At least that's what I'm. No. I, I, that's what I've come to believe. No, okay. <laughs> yes, <laughs> Andy McElfresh is not a real professor. That's correct. Um, but <laughs> we did we did learn a lot today from uh, references that I obviously didn't know about, yeah, and uh, my brother didn't know about. So thank you for coming on. Um, thank you for having me. I you know, guys are great, and this was a lot of fun. Thank you. Absolutely. Um, let's just close it out here, so you guys can uh, find us on Twitter. At the Simpsons did it PC um, on Instagram, the uh, Simpsons did it pod on Facebook. Just type in the Simpsons did it and find our page. Yep. Andy, they can find you at Education Andy on Twitter. Uh, okay. And are you on Instagram at all? Yeah, it's uh, MT Verbal. So MTV, MTV, I was I was head writer in production at MTV years ago. So that's okay. Where and if you guys liked listening to Andy here, make sure to check out his uh, other podcasts, especially Education with Kevin Smith. It is phenomenal. Well, thank you. All right. Well, this has been fun. So until next time, I'm Steven Sklansky. I'm Robert Sklansky. And this has been The Simpsons Did It. Shh.